Welcome to the Wealth Edit Podcast, a place where talking about finances is only polite. We talk to women and hear the stories behind how they've built their beautiful lives, whether that be inside or outside the home. Join us every week as we talk ambition, determination, and success with some of the most interesting, powerful women in the Southeast and beyond. All right, I'm going to get started. Welcome to Wealth Edit Wednesday, everyone. This is um, our favorite time of the week where we hear stories from brave and interesting women from across the country, but this is a local... I'm going to just go ahead and say celebrity Helen Owens on the Wealth Edit. She's on here. Very local. Very local. (laughs) She's a repeat guest because she has so much wisdom to share with our community. She's raised wonderful contributors to society. She's good with money. um, And she actually coaches people across the country um, so that they can be good with money, too. So anyway, we'd love for you to just tell your story. We're looking forward to to hearing more. Well, first of all, I love Emily and Lauren because they're doing something so important. And, you know, when I started doing this about 11 years ago, talking to people who came to my house and said, I don't have any money. I have money. I don't know what to do. I thought no one talks about money. And I try to use that word. I know y'all have noticed that even for a Southerner to say the word money instead of um advantages or forget it it's money and it's your management of it and it's your hopes for it and that was my theme for today and actually my theme is what is it that you want so think about that what is it that you want and I'm going to expound on that but I've had two new clients in the last two months both of them wealthy and I'm talking about over a million dollars every year wealthy and they have come to me lovely people one lives out out of Birmingham and one is in Birmingham and have said yes I have a lot of money I don't know where it is I don't know how to form a plan I don't understand what this can do for me or why I'm not more on top of it because obviously if, if I'm able to make this money then I'm sharp smart so what is the problem and I have thought and thought about this and really it gets down to and when we hang up today I hope that anybody who's listening will just be quiet for a minute and think what is it that I want out of my life it's a big question and people don't ask that in fact me going through my life I told my son Rhett yesterday we were talking about what I was going to say and I said you know Daddy and I had a plan. We were workers. We got in there. We accomplished what we said we were going to accomplish because we were wise with money. But I don't think I ever sat down and thought, I mean, I had a plan, but was it really what I wanted? And I'm glad that we fulfilled this, but I could have added some other things in there that maybe I wanted to have in my life. Of course, I'm still thankfully young enough and healthily healthy enough to to look at those things and accomplish some of those things but if you could do that when you were young to really put down what do I want for my finances what do I want for my children what do I want for my relationships and I also wrote what do I want for my business future those are huge questions and I don't think I think we get in a circle of life and you just keep marching on 
and you never stop and say, wait, is this what I want for my life? Mm -hmm. That's my thing. Well, and those questions are hard. I think Lauren and I've had um, just having one launch pad with the wealth that it, and like really thinking through, you know, having some, some funding to kind of start dreaming with. And the question, you know, has been presented to us, like what the wealth had, like, what, what do you want from the wealth that it, and um, that was much harder to answer than either one of us realized. Well, and two, if you sit down and think, um, Rhett, my son yesterday said, well, what did you want for your children? And I said, actually, daddy and I accomplished what we wanted because we were in a, on a very strict budget, but we both bought into it. And we had a plan, like I said, we wanted them to have the education they wanted, he and his sister Milner, and to be raised with, and I keep saying this to y'all, and I know it gets boring, but the words, we can't afford it, but positive spin is let's look at what we can afford instead of being those people that, okay, here comes Christmas. Oh, one of my favorite times. I hope y'all have me on a couple of times before Christmas because that's when, uh, well, you know, Jane next door is getting blah and I can't afford it, but I'm going to get it. Oh, I just, I have a lot to say about that, but we'll wait. But I, I think too about setting the boundaries, you know, the old saying about if you put a bunch of children and actually I'll take that back. If you put a bunch of people in a park and you take away the fences, most people sort of gravitate toward the center because they don't know the edge, right? If you put up the fences, people will go to the edge of the fence, children, edge of the playground, because they know where the boundary is. That is why you've got to set your own boundaries. And if you're not doing that, you're just, you're flailing. I know you, you may not even think you're flailing, but I promise you, you are because you're not answering these questions. Mm -hmm. I love so, that example. And I think with kids, I mean, that's such a great um, analogy for us with our children. You know, I've found just raising teenagers and all of a sudden them having some freedom with spending, you know, and how they're using their allowance or the money they make babysitting. They, they need that they need those boundaries or because otherwise they feel out of control. Well, I, like I tell y'all all the time, it's, yes, it's easier in life if you have money, believe me, <laughs> I'm not ever saying that, but I am saying that even if you have money or you don't have money and you don't set boundaries about what you can afford, what you're going to afford, how about what you're going to save for? How about what you're going to give to? Charity-wise, Dickie and I have one particular charity that we're very fond of, and we have always tried, even when we didn't have any money, to support them as best we could. It was in our plan. Now, the, I will say again, my plan wasn't ever, what did I want? It was what I was going to accomplish. And so there are two different things. I wish I had done what I'm telling y'all to do, because I want you to have, what are you going to accomplish? But I also want you to um, have it be in your life's plan of what you only have one life. And people say that all the time. You're young and you think, oh, well, I'm tired of hearing that. There's life is so long. It really isn't. 
it really isn't. And every day, whether you love Alabama or Auburn or you're not from here, but Bear Bryant said, don't waste, don't waste a day of your life. At the end of your day, look back and say, Lord, was it something that I actually was proud of spending a whole day of my life? Well, that comes back to what do you want from your life? And actually, I, maybe the next time I'm on, we could have some people call in and say what they figured out that they wanted. Oh, I like that. I'd like to know. Because also your relationships, let's say you don't have children, but you're in a relationship. And what if it's fabulous? Great. You know, form a plan. What if it's really not fabulous, but you're stuck? You know, I remember the segment we did on unstuck? How you got to look at yourself and go, am I stuck? If I'm stuck, I need help. If I, if I need help, I'll get help to get unstuck. And I'm here. You know, I can lecture all day long. <laughs> and let's say, talk about some things that like you've seen people, like what are some of their goals? Maybe just give some context to the difference between like what you want and like what you want to accomplish. And I well, love to oh, go ahead. Oh, and then after that, I'd love to hear about those women that you had kind of marked out as case studies for today. Well, that's what I was going to talk about in answer to Emily's question is one of the people has just fascinated me because she it's kind of like whether other people have told me, but it's sort of to the extreme. She is just throwing money out because she's so successful and she doesn't know how to rein it in. And I gave her a few pointers, but she has a lot of thinking to do. And that's really what it boils down to. The other woman, I did not, I, I talked to her husband once. They live out of state. And um, she, they had plenty of money. They just, wow. That, those two, they really didn't see it. And I think they do now. I think they have been able to divide and conquer and all that kind of stuff. But but I've been fascinated by, I never had extra money. So as we were coming along, Dickie and I had this plan, which y'all heard about forever. And so as we accomplished and were able to put back, you know, I went into those savings for way down the road. And I told one of these women, have you ever thought about, you've, you've got some children, have you ever thought about weddings or, you know, graduate school, medical school, have, you, have those things? And one of them said, no, I actually, had not. I said, well, guess what? You're so blessed because you have extra money that you can start funneling into those accounts so that when your first wedding hits and you have to pay for the reception, you can write a check, right? Mm -hmm. You're not going to cry on the accountant's desk because you don't have the money. It's all about thinking. Mm -hmm. I, I was going to tell y'all, I you know, the people that we love so much from England, our best friends that are from Manhattan, and I've told you all the story. She's the one that told the Rotten Tomato story. We went to see them at their um, North Carolina house two weeks ago. We had a fabulous talk about this. They have grandchildren. We have grandchildren. And they still, yes, they live a very privileged life. They don't have a lot of stuff. And I'm fascinated by that. I mean, what they have is top of the line, believe me. But it's not about that at all. It's about education, experiences, travel. I'm fascinated by them because I think 
the deeper south you get, we believe me, I've been guilty of this. I've renovated a, a house in Crestline four times. That's a whole nother segment. <laughs> because I wanted to have a great house. I, I, I think too, I've spent a lot of my time and energy focused on my house and I like it, but I don't know that it gave me back what I hoped to achieve. And when I told her about the call, my friend Virginia, about the call from the person who wanted to buy the seventh grader, the Jimmy Choo heels, because they wanted her to feel um, accepted. I, I thought she was going to jump off the North Carolina mountain. I did. I, she was just, where do you live? Where, what, who are these people? I thought it was interesting because they're just hugely Upper East Coast successful and they're not about the stuff that I think a lot of us are about. Well, I think that Lauren and I say oftentimes working with women, especially from the South, you know, their homes, our homes are very, um, it's an elevated idol, so to speak, um, here because, you know, that's so many of us have been raised to put that you know, at, a, at a, the top of our list of things. And kind of to your point, it's interesting. We, my, one of my daughters wants to read your room and, and you're always thinking through like, would I rather do that? Or would I rather have an experience with them? And it's the same mentality with um, anything. So like for us, would we rather eat out all the time or would I rather be able to, you know, to pay for their wedding without like anxiety? You know I mean? It's kind of like kind of these it's choices. It's you can do some of all of it, right? But it's choices and it's planning. You know, one of the categories I said, I had children down here, financial future relationships, but also a business future. You know, I, I may not have wanted to sell real estate for 23 years because it was a grind, but it did afford me my plan. Um, if I had ever had the right counseling, I am not a dummy. I, I got some gray matter. I wish that I'd had some counseling into what could be my business future that could help me accomplish this without being in such a grind. But I, I'm telling y'all, a lot of what I tell you is what did Robert Morgan say that I told y'all maybe the first time is that your life becomes your pulpit. And that is literally what I'm doing now is my life has become my pulpit. But I'm not saying I, I, I wish I'd had better counseling and better planning. I just formulated this unreachable plan and then Dickie and I beat ourselves <laughs> to accomplish it. I, I don't know, it was probably not the right way exactly. I want y'all to remember the word grit too. And I have a great example. I have been in the bed with the flu since Friday. Literally, it has knocked me down. I had a COVID test, it was negative. And I've canceled my whole life except this. And Dickie said to me this morning, and I'm okay, I'm up, you know, I've got my Kleenex here and all that. But he said, do you need to cancel that? And I said, you know what? That's where the word grit comes in. This was important. It was on a calendar of someone's business. And I had to kind of reach down and get my, I know a lot of people who would have called in and said, you know, I have kind of a sore throat. And, uh, uh That's not what I made up. And I hope y'all hear that. I'm not patting myself on the back because it's hard sometimes. But that word grit matters. 
Sometimes when you've got nothing else, you got to just put on your big girl panties and get out there. You know what I mean? You just got to do it. You made a commitment. Get with it. I agree. And it's so interesting, especially as you're talking about, you know, your money and really what it means for that to be like somewhat fulfilling in your life or at least aligned with who you are as a person. I think that's what we see more than anything in our private practice is like a misalignment with who they are. Now, listen, if you love clothes and that's your thing and you would rather have the prettiest clothes on the planet than anything else, we're kind of for that as long as I you're am not, good. as long as you're not spending your money eating out because that's not going to do anything for you, you know, except for maybe you can, you know, show off your new clothes, but you know, just get water. I don't know, but we, you know, really are for that sort of alignment of goals and, and your money, because, and I think in the South, it's interesting. We, we see this a lot now that we're on the internet and trying to figure out what other people are doing on the internet too. But we had this, I remember seeing this woman do this video and she's like, how do all these people in Alabama have money? I mean, Oh, I've heard it all my life. Are you kidding? I'm thinking that's funny, but it's just a different, I think here in the South, and this is why we kind of built the wealth at it in the South. um, We have members from all over the country, but I think specifically in the South, you know, we're taught that, that beauty matters in your home and how you look or whatever. I mean, you can argue with that yay or nay or whatever, but it's just part of the culture down here. We're in the Northeast. It might be, more about, you know, where you go to high school or I don't know, I'm just pulling it out of the air, but, but there's just things, you know, they'll spend $80,000 a year on high school. And we're thinking, why would we ever spend 80,000 a year on high school? We've got this wonderful one right here. I don't know. It's just, but I think that that's where we can, if we can get serious about what's important to us and what makes sense culturally for where we live and all of that. um, And we can live within our means. That's really what because sometimes we say, oh, I want to have the most beautiful clothes or the most beautiful house or whatever. And you just can't afford it. And that's okay. I mean, it is it is more proper, I think, to say you can't afford something than to pretend like you can. You know how much I love those words. Yeah. You can't afford it. It doesn't have to be a negative. I, I just can't afford that. And um, I remember two years ago, Dickie and I had a big trip planned overseas and a group of friends came to me and said, we're going to go to Canyon Ranch, which is not my thing anyway. See, what do you want? And it'll be, you know, 12000 for the week. And I went, y'all, I can't afford that. I don't want, actually, I don't want to afford that because I'm going here. I've made a choice to do this other. And back to the clothes, don't hear me wrong. If that's your, that's what I'm saying. What do you want? You sit down and write it down. And then how am I going to afford that? And let me tell you something. If if you've all if you've got the money and you want to go to Saks, I'm all for it. But oh my gosh, what did I tell y'all about beating the game? I mean, I, I just want y'all to know how to beat the game. Like I told you, the piano player at the mall is not there because they want you to have a good day. It's because they're trying to get you to feel good and spend your money. It's all a game. Win the game. And that's part of having a plan. Uh, so I mean it. This this week, I'm really serious. I, I throw out stuff all the time, but I, I'm convinced that all of us need to sit down and say, what do I want out of my life? What do I want my children? 
do y'all remember me saying, and I just wrote this down before this started, think of the people in your life. And I don't mean that you don't love them and you're not friends with them, but who are spoiled. I mean, I can name three or four people who are actually my friends. They're incredibly entitled. They're hard to be with. They're hard to be with. And do you want to do that to your children? Do you want to in, uh, enable your partner to be like that? No, no, mm -mm. you do not. Ask my friend Virginia from Manhattan. No, you do not want to do that. Mm. So help these people counseling have uh, that are overfunded for lack of a better term, or at least for their life and their goals right now, and we see this sometimes, you know, what a, what a wonderful problem to have if you, if you have more income than, than you know what to do with, um, but you're still not being maybe the best steward. How do you, what do you think the first couple steps are to like getting people to where they're centered on what they want to accomplish with their money? Okay. So one of the first things is you, you may not be able to, to support 20 charities. I would say in that list of getting started is name one thing that you would like to help. Name one thing. And as you get along in your life and you have more money, and I hope that it will be in your heart to give and help others, but find one thing, put that on the list. What are your goals that will actually give you joy? It's not just what are your goals? Believe me, I've lived the fur. What are your goals and what the heck are you going to do to make it happen, Helen Owens? That's it. Well, I don't think that's the right way. So I would sit down and say, my goals are maybe to travel a little. Um, if I want my child to go to a, one of those crazy camps that my granddaughter Helen went to, I got I to afford that. I've got to have a place for that. But that's something I want. It doesn't just necessarily mean what I want for me. It's what I want for my children, my spouse, my friends. It's, it's pulling back and writing that list. So start with what is something that you'd like to help? What are the things that are important to you this year that you need to pay for? You've got to back that money out of whatever your total amount is. You've got to start backing that money out. And then if clothes are your big deal, that's when you look at what you have left. And if you've got some left, have at it, sister. Go get some Jimmy Choo's if, if that's what you want. I, I pick on Jimmy Choo. I'm sure he's a great guy. But uh, anyway, y'all get the drift. Emily and I will share this chart at some point. But a lot of people, you know, Emily and I are advisors during the day and wealth edit people at night. And um a lot of people in is everyone has, and there's, we're going to make a pretty chart at some point, but you can visualize it. So it's like three different buckets. And the first bucket is just like your magic number in cash. We would call that an emergency fund in your house. And like that, those things you just don't want to lose. And maybe just like what you normally spend in a year, if it's normal. Um, so that's the first bucket. The second is the market bucket where Emily and I live. And that's what is the whole point of what investments, publicly traded investments do is just to fund that first bucket. That's really mm -hmm. why it's what it's, we're just trying to keep your standard of living what it is today and grow it, grow it 
I don't know, six or eight percent a year. It's been doing better than that over the last few years, but that's not normal. And then putting, said, those, putting those buckets out is so important. It's hard, Lauren. It's, one of the hardest things is to look at a year and try to figure out what you spent last year. It takes, what, you're not going to do that's what we say before anyone meets with a financial advisor, they just need to know what they spend in a year. I mean, it just, it's, it's the piece of information that is the key to everything else. How much is the key to everything else. So, you know, you'll more value all relationships. I'd say if you're married, you'd find more value in that relationship. If you know how much you spend and more value with a financial advisor or whoever else you're meeting with. But anyway, yeah. And then that third bucket is like you said, like, we don't care if you're, way building a business giving it to your children throwing it in the street it just doesn't matter if you're taking care of things then you're in good shape sure and you, you know? plan for it but, but like i said my thing today is not just to live by this gut-riching plan which is what i did so my pulpit is now my life is to go back and say well, what did i really want and all of that. And I've told y'all I was not brave either. I hope y'all hear that. I want you to have grit. I also want you to be brave out there. I was the biggest simp. I was like, oh, I don't have that. Until I got a little older and got some guts. I just, anyway, I could go on and on about that as just to man up and say, this is what I have. This is how I want to grow. This is what I want to do with my life and my money and I don't care if I can't afford what Jane next door has that's if you can get there the younger you can get there the better your life that's not a simple statement either that is the truth that all that is is just contentment with what your road is which took me a long time to get to mm -hmm. I I know, it seems so simple, but it's so true. Not enough people are saying that. And I think that's why we always have so many people that, I mean, if we go back and look at our podcast and who's listened to the most, I mean, you're, you as a recurring guest are like the highlight of all of them. I mean, and I think it's just because people long to hear that because like you said, the, everything in the world is telling us that we should not be content, that we should want this, that, you know, this is better. And, you know, for you and like what many of our hearts are telling us is that it's okay. You know I mean? Like to learning to be content is such a gift, um, not only to ourselves, huge. but everybody around us. It's huge. And you know what? It's, it's difficult, especially if you live, it's funny, my friend, that um, I've told you the story about her growing up with her parents who went bankrupt three times and never told her. And she, you know, had a breakdown when she got out into the real world. But she actually said, learning to be content is not really what it is. It's learning that what your allotment is, is what you get. Now, these two new clients of mine, they've got a big allotment at a young age. And that's what they got. My allotment is what I got. Your lot. Now that doesn't mean it doesn't change, but it's figuring out that what you have is your allotment for today. Mm -hmm. That's a big work. And I always say, I think something that was interesting that I got to live through just personally and like losing my husband is that 
you know, after, you know, a life-changing event like that, you have to sit down and figure out, okay, what is my allotment? I mean, you know, it's like a lot of times those big events like that cause you to reflect more so than if you're just living life day to day to day and everything's kind of staying status quo. So for me, I had an event that required me to sit down and figure out, okay, what is my allotment? And now where am I going to go with that? Like, how am I going to proceed? And, you know, Lauren and I talk about this a lot because I said, you know, it's, when I looked at that, I mean, I was like, okay, because I didn't know what I was going to do going forward. It was new. It was unexpected. It was, you know, all those things. And for me, I could look at that and say, well, this is a clue as to what's next for me. And, you know, thinking about sort of like how the Lord's hand had worked in that, I could say, okay, it looks like I'm going to be going back to work, but <laughs> <laughs> At that, was good. that was a good thing but it was a good thing you know I thought I don't really know what I want to do I mean I'm not even necessarily opposed to going back to work you know but I have to figure out what it is and oftentimes people forget to look at that money and their allotment to help them figure out what they need to do moving forward because a lot of people come in and we meet with through the wealth that it and through our private practice that are saying, you know, like, I don't feel fulfilled. Like, I, I feel like there's something else out there for me and I don't know what it is. And sometimes people forget to look at their money as a clue as to what is next for them. So if they're crazy overfunded, that is a clue too. you know, perhaps that's an, an opportunity to open a new business or to give, to be more charitable, to really dig in to a nonprofit that they love, or, you know, if they don't have enough, it's like, okay, well, what's next? And I just think it's a beautiful thing that money sometimes is so scary, but oftentimes like it just, the answer's right there in front of you. You just have to stop and look. And I won't ever say it's, it's the same if you don't have enough and you have surplus. It's not the same. Don't hear me. It's not a Pollyanna, believe me. Yeah. Um, but it's workable. It's, it's, you've got to get help. You've got to find a way forward. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm all about positivity and being forward glancing. Mm -hmm. And I've done plenty of backward glancing and had lots of counseling in my life. And it's all about moving forward. So back to what is it that you want? How are you going to achieve this? If you need somebody to help you, there are lots of people out there, including me, that can help. Mm -hmm. sometimes an outsider can see it a lot quicker than you can see it mm -hmm. yeah, we say that a lot with clients it's really difficult to have personal and money it's just hard it's like a blind spot it's um it's personal it's intimate it's vulnerable you know it's it's just difficult to to have you know good a good lens into your own money um, that everyone on this call is taking that step today. And so Helen, thank you so much for being on here. We love having you. We can't wait until you come back again. And do you have any, what's one last tip for, for these people today that they should be thinking about throughout this week? Well, like I told you, I've been mulling over this question that I never had before. And that's the way life unfolds which is I want everybody to, when they get off of here to go, what is it that I want? And I, I promise you, I have been the simp that I know people are like, oh, God, oh, 
and I want you to be brave to man up and go, well, if that's what I want and I'm not on that path, what am I going to do? I'm going to pull up some grit and I'm going to find a path to that. And I'm not saying it's easy. And I don't think it's that hard either. It's just a matter of doing the thinking. And I really hope y'all will do that. And maybe the next time I come on, I, I'd love to hear some questions about, or from, I'd never thought about that like I've thought about it in the past week. It's a great question. Not just what is my plan, but what do I want in my life? Because you're going to trade a day. You're going to go to bed tonight and you will have used up one of your allotted days. Was it worth it? Did you, was it valuable? That's my big thing for today. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Helen, so much. Well, y'all are fabulous. Y'all really are the, y'all are the Mr. and Mr. and Mrs. Big Stuffs or Mrs. and Mrs. Big Stuff. Really well, proud. Thank you for being our biggest fans. We appreciate I, it. And we'll see you again in a few weeks. We're getting all right, back I need, on. To, I need to have some Christmas lecture time. Okay. Oh, you got it. You got yeah. it. Y'all take Thank care. You. All right. Bye. We hope you enjoyed our podcast today. If you want to learn more about our website, please check us out at www.wealthedit.com. The Wealth Edit is an online membership-based community for women looking to confidently discuss and expand their knowledge of personal finance. Our community provides a space for women of all ages to gather, learn, and plan their financial journey through virtual courses, weekly guest speakers, and educational content.